0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Ugh, there's some major hurt going on in the public markets right now. And Chinese companies, already pummeled, are mostly sliding even further.
0: One of the only bright spots had been Meituan. Which we covered in depth before, in which it debuted on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange at a valuation of about $50 billion. But even that's now lost because not yet a month later, it has lost about
1: 25% of its market cap. As far as we can tell, this is probably mostly attributable to the market wide decline. But as Alibaba further firms up its strategy for Bendi Shenghua, or local services, there's that much more pressure on Meituan to defend itself against what's shaping up to be a big battle. Maybe not quite an
0: existential battle, but this war of O to O or online to offline is shaping up to be intense, and the opening shots have been fired loud and clear.
1: Well, many of those shots have actually already been fired, but the latest round is the finalization of the merger between food delivery rival Ulama that's spelled E-L-E dot M-E, and Alibaba's new retail subsidiary, Kobe, that's spelled K-O-U-B-E-I. If you'll remember,
0: Alibaba had completed its acquisition of Ulama back in April of this year for an implied valuation of $9.5 billion. Was that the biggest acquisition in Chinese internet history?
1: I think it was. And this new Ulama Kobe entity, which is still unnamed, has already received an additional $3 billion in investment from Alibaba and Ant Financial, but also, of course, from, you guessed it, Alibaba's BFF, SoftBank. I don't think the money flowing
0: in will stop there because the official wording that accompanied Alibaba's Q2 earnings release referred to this amount as, as of the time of this announcement. So there's probably more on the table, but maybe not immediately.
1: Meituan, if you'll remember, only raised $4.2 billion in its IPO. Not a small number by any means, but not vastly more than $3 billion.
0: Well, Alibaba has always been spectacularly good at raising capital. And now that it's so focused on this local services business, which just seems so synergistic with its new retail and logistics businesses, should Mei Tuan be
1: worried? Yeah, Wang Xing, who has been through and triumphed in the Thousand Groupon War and is a hardened warrior if there ever was one, should he be losing sleep? Or does Team Mei Tuan have it all covered? especially with Tencent at its back.
0: This is another one of our fun, multi-part series deep dives, so I hope you'll sit back and listen as we go into the first part of what's shaping up to be a massive war in the local services space and two of its leading players, Meituan and Alibaba.
1: But today, we start with Ulema, which is kind of spearheading Alibaba's side of the troops. It took a pretty circuitous route to get here though but no
0: worries because we'll explain how it all happened.
1: the president's key economic team goes to China uh, after whole night banking I say I still want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. We are tech Buzz China by Pandaily, powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. We are a new weekly podcast focused on giving you a peek into what's buzzing within the tech community in China. We uncover and contextualize unique insights, perspectives, and takeaways on headline tech news that don't always make it into English language coverage. So you can be smarter about the world of China tech. tech Buzz China is a part of Pandaily.com
0: an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. I'm one of your two co-hosts,
1: Yingying Liu. And I'm your other co-host, Ray Ma. We love fans who write us reviews and give us detailed feedback. So thank you to Justin DeCamp, Qi Mingfang, Kevin Chen, Wei Li, and LJPRC for giving us reviews on iTunes. And to our
0: listeners over at Deal Street Asia, hello, and do tweet at us for Tech Buzz
1: swag. We just made some more new stuff. If you enjoy listening to us, please take the time to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Facebook, or wherever you get your podcast.
0: All right, guys, this is a messy battlefield. So we're going to take some time to give you your bearings. If you aren't familiar with Meituan, a Chinese app that does just about everything, according to CNN at least, then do listen to our episode 23, which is a replay of our
1: earlier deep dive on the super app. Indeed, as we mentioned, Meituan aspires to be the Amazon of services and is currently dominating food delivery in China, as well as movie ticket sales, bike sharing, travel, And it even made a serious foray into ride hailing, although for that last market, has conceded it to DD in order to make good on its promise to its shareholders that it will prioritize profitability.
0: Right. For a while, it seemed that Meituan was on an unstoppable roll. Every industry it went into seemed to win. Didi must be super relieved that Meituan has eased up on transportation, or else it might have suffered the same fate that Trip did with regards to hotel bookings. Despite only having been in the business for a few years, Meituan now has 46% market share, that's half in China hotel bookings, versus just 22% by Trip, which is China's
1: largest travel company. That's honestly mind-blowing. I thought I'd never see the day SeaChip could be toppled in any travel-related metric, especially after it acquired so many of its rivals. But there you have it. Meituan, as we've said, is fierce. It's been through the ringer. But it would never have been allowed to continue its bowdozing ways unchecked. No, the sectors it's in are just
0: too lucrative, too ripe for disruption, to not attract the attention of other entrepreneurs. In China, no good business opportunity goes unchallenged, as Tuan well knows from the Thousand Groupon War. Again, check out our earlier
1: episode for coverage on those exciting times. Since Tencent already owns about a fifth of Meituan, CEO Wang Xing does not really need to worry about Pony Ma jumping into the fray. Although in China, that's not really an absolute impossibility. But Wang Xing must have known after the merger that Alibaba was probably going to be his true threat.
0: Yeah, not only was it strategically obvious, but after Tencent invested Dianping, merged with Meituan to create the gargantuan super app it is today, Alibaba still had some remaining ownership in the combined company, but it quickly sold that for $900 million in early 2016, presumably to clear the
1: way to create or acquire a rival business. Well, it ended up going the acquisition route. Almost immediately after Dianping and Meituan merged, Alibaba and Ant Financial announced a $1.25 billion investment into Ulema that meant it would own more than a quarter of the company. And
0: we know what happened after that. It increased its stake by putting in another $1 billion into Ulama in 2017 before finally acquiring the entire business outright earlier this year for an implied valuation of $9.5 billion.
1: But what is Ulama? Well, first of all, it means hungry now, <laughs> but also it is looking like it's probably the most successful dorm room startup in the history of Chinese internet.
0: Bike-sharing pioneer Ofo could have had a chance, but that now looks unlikely. Ulama is the clear winner here. Former CEO and now chairman Zhang Hao was a first-year grad student at Shanghai Jiao Tong University, a top-ranked school in China, when he started the company with five other friends back in 2008 and launched the site in April 2009.
1: Apparently, from the very beginning, Cheng Xu Hao was convinced he had the idea for a $15 billion business. I don't know what math he did there, but the point is, he was a big dreamer from the get-go. Anyway, one version of the founding story says that the idea for Ulam was started because the founders were playing a ton of video games, and they didn't want to leave their computers to feed themselves. And so they thought, What if we could order food from our computers? Kind of like the Uber origin story.
0: Pretty memorable. We built this from scratch to scratch our own itch sort of thing.
1: Yeah, but the other version, which makes for a less great story, but I think it's probably more accurate, simply talks about the fact that Zhang and one of the other main co-founders, Kang Jia, were really disillusioned by school and just wanted to do something exciting with their lives. And back in 2008 entrepreneurship was both rebellious and unconventional, not like the well-traveled path it has become today.
0: Maybe because they were basically student entrepreneurs, though. The first few years were pretty tough. They started off by actually doing delivery for a restaurant to get to know the business. Basically, Zhang Xuhao and his buddies could often be seen riding his bike around campus delivering food to their classmates.
1: The venture was self-funded and they struggled for a few years before finally landing angel investment of a few million dollars from GSR in early 2011. I think that really set them up for later success because the partner that led the deal was Alan Drew, literally one of the best investors in China, especially in this on-demand marketplace segment. Two other quintessential Alan investments, Didi and Ofo. See what I mean? This guy's a megastar investor.
0: By 2014, Sequoia China and Matrix China had joined in and become investors too. But it wasn't all good news. Despite starting way earlier than Meituan in the food delivery business, Ulama was finding that after six years, it was still operating in 12 cities, while Meituan had expanded, in a matter of six months, to 100 cities.
1: Well, now in media, it's popular to term this phenomenon consumption trickle down, 消费下沉, i.e., serving those outside of China's richest and mostly coastal middle class. But back then, all the Ulama founders knew was that they were seeing a booming delivery business in smaller cities they had never considered as markets. If you've been following Tech Buzz, I think you'll find this
0: realization pretty unsurprising. The Eoloma founders were students at one of China's most elite universities, and they probably lived in somewhat of a bubble and mostly saw the whole consumption upgrade, or self a which was indeed also taking place in China at this time. And, I mean, who's to say that they were wrong? If you're ordering takeout, that does imply a certain level of earnings power. So, their logic was pretty sound. Their competitor, Wang Xing, on the other hand, had plenty of experience with second, third, even lower tiered cities in China from the Thousand Group on War. So he knew that the demand existed elsewhere and not just in China's megacities.
1: Basically, Lemo was doing pretty well, but it was still fairly small by the time that it got its big break. Five years in, it had only raised something like $25 million. But in the summer of 2014, Dianping put in $80 million, a ginormous amount of money for the time. And this, together with the strategic tie up, enabled Ulama to embark on an accelerated expansion plan. Dianping had really suffered
0: in its fight with Meituan in the Thousand Group on War, and it was looking for allies. Meituan was enemy number one. And Dianping was determined to win the food delivery battle. I don't know why they picked Ulama, e as there were plenty of food delivery companies at the time. But it probably helped that both of them were headquartered in Shanghai, and they were headed by Shanghainese. And Ulama e was one of the earlier players, so it was well positioned, but still small enough to influence in a pretty big
1: way. Armed with this cash, Ulema expanded quickly to 200 cities. Maybe because they felt FOMO in big way, but they got pretty crazy aggro. For example, they had their new hires go through boxing training to increase aggression. No joke. Around this time, too, there were lots of news and viral videos of Ulema and Meituan employees, basically the delivery staff, getting into violent group fights. Headlines ran along the lines of, is this food delivery or is this the mafia? Yeah, it was
0: totally crazy. But what do you expect? Ulama went from 300 employees at the end of 2013 to more than 5,000 at the end of 2014. But all in all, it was doing pretty well. The tie-up with Dianping, which was still the leading Yelp of China, gave it a lot of much-needed traffic volume, And Dianping, which was invested in by Tencent, brought some Tencent investment to Ilama as well. It was doing
1: well. In 2014, its market share was ahead of Meituan at 30% versus 27%. In the first eight months of 2015, it had raised a combined $1 billion from Tencent, JD, and some other players. I know that nowadays that seems like nothing, but back then, it was unheard of. Tuan, by the way, was supposedly running out of money. So Ulama and Dianping looked like maybe they were going to win. Or so they thought. Indeed, some friends who worked for these companies at the
0: time corroborate this version of events. But then the unthinkable happened. When Zhang Suha was having an offsite in Bali in October during Golden Week, Tencent invested Dianping and Alibaba invested
1: Meituan entered into a merger agreement, facilitated by none other than Baofan, star of our last episode. But yeah, it was probably the quickest mega deal ever completed, and it left Ulema confused as heck. In the space of two weeks, Ulema's biggest competitor Meituan had merged with Dianping, its major shareholder. So its nemesis was now its partial owner? What happened?
0: Seriously, that must have been so confusing. And for a little bit, it was not super clear who was going to have effective control of the combined entity. Was it Tuan's Wang Xing or Dianping's Zhang Tao? Well, as we now know, Wang Xing won out. But his major shareholder Alibaba did not. Meituan, in a stunning reversal, became Team Tencent instead. In fact, Tencent was supposedly the impetus behind the merger.
1: Naturally, at this point, Tencent would have wanted Ulama and Meituan to combine, having stakes in both companies. Sequoia, who was also a common shareholder, proposed that Ulama sell itself to Meituan. However, there was a huge gap in valuation expectations, and no deal was reached.
0: Ulema asked instead that the food delivery business be spun out of Meituan, merge with Ulama, and basically become a separate company that could then go on and fundraise on its own. Probably, this would have then been run by Zhang Xuhao and his team. However, neither Wang Xing nor Sequoia agreed to that, so talks stalled.
1: Ulama, who had been high-flying in 2015, all of a sudden found that its biggest source of traffic, Dianping, was gone. And having won the Groupon war, Meituan was now all in on food delivery, even more than before. And whatever trouble it had fundraising before, that was all gone. Having consolidated its largest competitor and gotten sugar daddy Tencent on board, Meituan was finding fundraising to be a breeze, too. The competitive dynamics had completely reversed.
0: Meanwhile, Alibaba, who had lost control of the combined Meituan-Dianping entity and now had no horse in the food delivery race, or at least not a leading horse, naturally became Ilma's savior and eventual acquirer. Three years later, Zhang Xuhao did not get his $15 billion outcome after all, but I don't see how he can complain about an all-cash acquisition of $9.5 billion dollars. Even with all the dilution, it's estimated that he's still worth over $300 million. And guess what? He
1: did all this by age 33. Yingying, you still have a few more years to beat him. What do you think? Can we get TechBuzz to unicorn status by, say, 2020?
0: First unicorn podcast? No problem, Ray. Uh, But seriously, back to Ilama. After selling to Alibaba... Zhang Hao and his team are no longer managing the company. Well, Kang Jia is still up there heading up logistics, but Zhang is now just the chairman and the high-level consultant to Alibaba's local services business. Alibaba installed former Alibaba Health CEO
1: Wang Lei as CEO. That's to be expected since Zhang Hao is quite young and hot-headed by Alibaba standards, at least. Ali loves these even-tempered, execution-oriented, professional managers. They don't want someone like Zhang who's known for being brash. I mean, Zhang Hao was even in the news for getting into a drunken fight a few years ago. Zhang Xihau might have been
0: the right founder to get Ilama to where it is today. It made about $400 million of revenues in Q2 of this year, or about 3% of Alibaba's total revenues. That means it's probably at least $1.5 billion or more in annual run rate. But still, Alibaba doesn't seem to think the team is the right one to beat Wang Xing. Mm, Using Silicon Valley speak, basically, Zhang was great for getting the company from 0 to 1 and even succeeded wildly at 1 to 10, but maybe he's not the right guy or gal for 10 to 100.
1: I don't know about that. Lama had about 15,000 employees before the acquisition. So is that not 10 to 100? I mean, it also had 260 million users in 2,000 cities in China, covering 1.3 million restaurants. That's true.
0: It also grew its feng niao peisong, which is its own self-developed courier business, to 3 million registered couriers, averaging 4.5 million deliveries a day. By the way, Ray, it's too bad we both moved out of China before that became super cheap and convenient. I know Pandaily uses this one and similar services all the time. Anyway, agreed that Illama is a massive
1: company by most measures. It's giant, just not Meituan-sized giant. Wang Xing has indeed done a better job with Meituan. Although, of course, there's a good deal of growth from Meituan that wasn't organic. Such as the Dianping merger, of course.
0: Well, don't forget that Ulama did also buy Baidu's food delivery business as well, although that was a much smaller acquisition at just eight hundred million dollars.
1: Yeah, but if Ulama was at say one hundred when it got acquired by Alibaba, Meituan is at one thousand. Come on, Wang Xing took the company not just from zero to one, but from zero to one thousand. Meituan, if you'll remember, had $5.2 billion in revenue last year. So that makes it about like five times of Ulema. And it was founded two years later. Meituan also has a leading position in all sorts of O2O services, or what's now being called local commerce, aka local services, shenghuo.
0: Let's make sure our listeners understand that it's not that Ulema has not kept up. Ulema, especially after being folded under the Alibaba umbrella, has definitely also expanded into adjacent business lines beyond just delivering restaurant food. In the first eight months of this year, Ulema saw 85% year on year growth in grocery and perishable good delivery, 60% growth for cakes and flowers and plants, and growth in medicines of 815%. That's eightfold.
1: And that may just be the tip of the iceberg. It was only on August 1st, after all, that Alibaba officially added a link for Ulema into its mobile Taobao app front page. That makes it instantly easier for the over 400 million users of Alipay and Taobao to use Ulema services. Boom. There we go. And as we mentioned before, there's a new wrinkle, or shall I say, opportunity that Twan may not be able to access as easily. In the past two years, there's a new category that has opened up that's closely related to all of us. And that category is new retail. We
0: will definitely be devoting a lot of time to Ling Shou in our next episode. But just to give you some heads up, while exact definitions differ... It's probably what your intuition tells you it is. According to Jack Ma, it is a seamless merger of offline, online, and logistics for a dynamic new world of retailing.
1: For both Tencent and Alibaba, a huge part of it is investing in supermarkets and disrupting grocery shopping, much like what Amazon has done here in the US with Amazon Fresh, cashierless stores Amazon Go, and its acquisition of Whole Foods. Tencent and Alibaba now both have either invested in or outright own supermarkets where online delivery is available and convenient. And of course, it helps that both of them already have massive mobile wallet and payment platforms that make it really easy to onboard new customers.
0: It's probably too early to say who's going to win the new retail war. Alibaba or Tencent, although that is definitely an interesting debate in another war. But for the time being, Alibaba, with its commerce roots, seems to have made it more of an emphasis. In Alibaba's last earnings release, it highlighted new retail and local services as major parts of its core commerce unit, you know,
1: aside from Taobao, Tmall, and all that good stuff. In that press release, which is dated August, Ulema and Kobe, which now you know have merged, are both listed under local services. But you might find it interesting to note that, as of the beginning of this year, Kobe was still most definitely considered part of Alibaba's new retail strategy, not local services.
0: What is Kobe? What is new retail? Why is new retail bleeding into local services? How do these reinforce each other, or do they? Are they labels, which are just kind of meaningless? And why is there always a war in Chinese internet? Who is going to win this war?
1: So many great questions that I'm sure many of you tech buzzers are out there asking. But you'll have to wait until next week for our deep dive into Kobe, the other half of Alibaba's weapon against Meituan. Then you'll be able to decide for yourself, are we just being dramatic or is this really a battle worth paying attention to? We'd like to give a shout out to our partners at SubChina. In addition to our podcast here with Pandaily, they published the excellent Seneca podcast, a weekly discussion of current affairs on China with journalists, writers, academics, policymakers, and business people.
0: And Seneca has been adding steadily to its growing podcast network. There's New Voices, which features women, as well as the new China Econ Talk, and of course the wonderful Tyssian Seneca Business Brief. Check these out wherever you get your podcast. Okay, that's all for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. We really enjoyed putting this together, and we're always open to any comments or suggestions. You can find us on Twitter at ThePanDaily, at China, and my personal Twitter account is G-I-N-Y, G-I-N-Y.
1: And my Twitter is spelled R-U-I-M-A. We'll be back here same time next week. TechBuzz China by Pandaily is powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. Pandaily.com is an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. Our producers are Sha Wan and Kaiser Kuo. Our intern is Wang Wong Li.